Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with the ECS DNA kit by Endocana Health. If you take pride in your canna nerdiness or are just canna curious, this kit empowers you to find more about the best cannabis choices. Right now, you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com using promo code POD25. Your purchase includes the Endo DNA Collection Kit, Endo Decoded Report, personalized cannabinoid and terpene suggestions, and Endo Align products matching in your state. There will also be suggested dosage guidelines and optimum methods for inhalation or usage. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop Endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a buy one, get one offer on their Afika soft gel lineup. And since I know that many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afika Unwind, created to support health sleep cycles using patented proprietary formulations of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are in your future. Buy one for yourself and get one for a friend at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at the checkout for 25% off your DNA test kit. This is The Cannamom Show, a podcast chronicling the inspiring stories of real women in the emerging cannabis industry. Your host, Joyce Gerber, mom, lawyer, political activist, has been speaking with women from coast to coast who are leaders in the revolution of cannabis and caregiving. Now, in season two, The Cannamom Show continues on its mission to empower women-centric cannabis businesses by sharing their stories with you. Go make yourself a cup of tea or roll yourself a joint, sit back, and learn something new about this magical plant on The Cannamom Show with Joyce Gerber. From the Tip O'Neill Studios in North Cambridge, Massachusetts, it's The Cannamom Show. Now here's your host, Joyce Gerber. Happy Cannabis Month, Dave. Did you know that? April? Uh, yeah, I had my calendar marked. The whole month marked off, I guess. Yes, and it's our big day, 420. Um, it's coming up. Oh, so. right, of course. Yes, yes. Then you would be proud the- of you. Uh, Joyce, I went to a dispensary. I went to, uh, what's it called? Your friend's place in Millis, CanCom. Oh, ComCan, yeah. ComCan, ComCan. I yeah. knew it was one or the other. I went, I went, I went, and I got a little something. Yeah, yes. brought you over. Welcome to the other side, yes. All right, so so here at the Cannamom Show, we're kicking this amazing Cannabis Month off by featuring women in the Commonwealth working in cannabis. That is my contribution to 420. I don't really have plans for anything special on 420 yet, so anyone out there looking for a guest on your 420 event, please reach out. But Dave, you know what we are ramping up? Mm-hmm. What? The amazing women of the Technicolor Cannabis Quilt. Oh. Giveaway. Giveaway. Cue cue the music. Hold on. I look smart. I am a walking work of art. There we go. Such a dazzling coat of many colors. That's that's Donnie Osmond singing, by the way. Donnie has just... That's my era. (laughs) Okay, so we know what we're doing. I know it's early April, but this is going to be a giveaway. A little bit more details later, but it's going to be a giveaway on my birthday, because that's how generous we are here All at the right. Cannon Mom Show, uh, May 11th. Mark your calendars, people. If you want to enter, you want to win this amazing quilt that I made and remember the Cannon Mom Show forever, you're going to have to enter. So 
details coming later. All right. And it is spectacular. If those For those <laughs> that haven't heard us talk about the quilt, we can see it. We know you can't, listeners. You'll have to take our word for it. And it's and it's the you created it, Joyce, and emblazoned with images of just about every guest you've had on the show. Is, do I have that right? Every guest and all upcoming guests. I do believe these ladies are on there, too. I think I was right. going ahead. So everybody who's on season two should be on there unless you are sort of a last minute choice because I did finish it a little while ago. But we'll talk more about that later if you're interested. And mm-hmm. one more an interesting online event I just want to give a shout out to, which is happening May 4 through 6, is the Canna Law Summit. I am not sure how many of my lawyer friends will listen to me, uh, but this summit will feature a diverse range of perspectives from boutique to big law, in-house counsel, and subject matter experts from across the cannabis industry chain. Check it out in the show notes, thecannalawsummit.com. Dave, maybe you want to go? I I would qualify, I guess, as I think I'm still a member of the bar. I think so, too. They, they need to start our own division, the Canada Law Division. I'm sure there is one, actually. That's not even a joke. I'm sure there is. Oh, okay. no. They're, they're, <laughs> the lawyers are down with the pot. They've been for a couple of years now because they, they smelled the business going on, so for sure. That's our people. Yeah. Okay, and then one more podcast shout-out before we get to today's show. My friend Sherry Tutkis, also known as the Green Nurse, and her partner, Nurse Mark Worcester, host a daily podcast they call the Green Nurse Daily Dose of AFA, which is live every Monday through Friday, 8 to 8.20 a.m. Eastern Time. So 8 to 8.20 a.m. It's early. It's on Facebook. It's on YouTube. Sometimes I do join them. They're very energetic at that early morning hour. And if you're just feeling a little down and you want a little, you know, perk me up, they'll be Mm. talking about our favorite plant, cannabis, how to use it to make you have the best life ever. And if you want to know what AFA is, you can Go check them out. So that's my friend, Sherry and Mark on, I'm going to say it exactly right. The Green Nurse Daily Dose of AFA. I like it. That's ambitious. Daily. Yeah. Daily. And they do one in the evening. And Sherry's not an early morning person. So even kudos <laughs> to her. Okay. And then I know it's a long intro today. Before I begin, I want to thank Red Belly Honey for making today's show possible. Red Belly Honey is a bit different from anything I tried before and probably you too. Red Belly Honey is a hemp honey that contains the best benefits of CBD. And to find out why it's so different, stay tuned. I'll explain later in the show. So many mysteries, Dave. I know. Teasers. So many teasers. Look, I'm a professional. Okay, let's introduce today's guests. That's two. Mm. Today, we are speaking with two North Shore moms. And for those of you not in Massachusetts, that means they live in an area north of Boston between New Hampshire. It's quite pretty up there. Fancy. And the, the north. Fancy. <laughs> it's fancy. It's wicked fancy up there on the North Shore. How they say down in Boston. Yep. So <laughs> this is a local podcast, remember. And these two ladies are bringing their complementary skills with healthcare and medical cannabis to the emerging cannabis industry at their adult use dispensary, Full Harvest Moons a woman business enterprise adult use cannabis dispensary dedicated to providing high quality product and service. We are looking forward to learning more of their cannabis journey, journey, their take on the New England cannabis industry, and what their insights are on alternative banking for cannabis businesses. Please welcome to the show, Michaela Rustisha and did I do that right? And Janet Coopers of Full Harvard Moons. Welcome, ladies. Hi, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Joyce. 
Um, so when you uh, let's let's start off like how you met and just start, you know, when you introduce yourself, say your name so people know who's talking and what brought you what brought you both into cannabis. Okay, you want to go first? Uh, sure. So this is Michelle. I was in the healthcare industry and started volunteering in a grow facility in New Hampshire in like 2015 when the state became legal with medical cannabis. So I was working in their cultivation site and just became really fascinated with the plants and and all of that and started volunteering in their dispensary as well. And with the healthcare background, really became interested in like the whole process and how cannabis was helping to heal so many different things and help so many people and, and all of that. And I ended up transitioning it full-time into the business in vertically integrated company in mass in 2016. So early. Yeah. And that's where I met Janet. I also have a background. I'm a Reiki master and an energy healing. So the combination of the medical background and the energy healing background, and then with cannabis, there's a a big piece of that because the cannabis plants are really helping a lot of people like vibrationally. You know, yeah, so it's it's a wellness industry. We repeat that over and over again on the show. Yeah, it's, it's a exactly. wellness industry, so it, important. It, yeah, and they're medicinal plants. So I met Janet in the cultivation site that I was working at in Massachusetts. She was doing some capital raising for the group, and we just became friends. And then when the mass uh, market opened up for recreational licenses, we applied, mm-hmm. decided to apply, and we got one. Yeah, so, which is no small feat, people. Started. Look for another site and kind of just yeah. keep going. So it kind of, it's been a long journey together. You That's know? Right. So, so again, to come together and build a business and find a site is no small feat in Massachusetts. So Janet, you come into this from a different angle. You want to talk about how you, a nice girl like you ended up in cannabis? I had a little business on my own. It was an alternative funding business. And that's kind of how I stumbled across the cannabis industry. I got introduced to one of the CEOs from a medical dispensary in Rhode Island, and they needed to raise another million dollars to finish their cultivation center. And they asked if I would like to do it. And I said, yes. And shortly after that, I actually worked in their dispensary part-time, just overseeing the investments of all the friends and family that I had brought into that opportunity. So was your, yeah, just with your background in finance and banking or what is your no, background? So, no, no. So I kind of just, it was just kind of a, a little business. I started on my own, started with purchasing business notes and, and retail notes. And then that kind of expanded to law firm funding and lawsuit funding, Martian catch advance. So there's a whole, like, it's a whole industry. It's for, for people and businesses that really aren't bankable. So is, that describes cannabis. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and it actually is cannabis as well. So, so they, they turn to like hard money lenders and, and whatnot. So most of the cannabis fundraising, it's all private. They're just private investments. But one thing that I did do was I found out that you could invest through your IRA. So there's a group that we found that you could actually use money that you have in your 401k or an IRA and use that to self-direct it. So you like you do sometimes they do that with real estate. They can you can self direct funds into a real estate project. All right, so, can you just back up because this isn't a business show or money show. I sort of understand what you're saying though. So basically, you can self direct. So you're making an investment in your IRA for your future, right, and so, you say all your future investment, all your investments for your future capital are going to be in cannabis. Is yeah, that your? Yes. Wow. So that's how I you know kind of got into the industry really, and then that led me to meeting Michelle. And my my background is really in holistic nutrition, if that makes sense. 
So women in cannabis, where background in holistic nutrition and her background, and you know, I really, really got to love the cannabis industry. So we kind of came together and said, "Let's do it." That's great. Okay, so let's let's sort of start now at the end. You have a dispensary. So what was the? Why did you choose the town that you're in? How did you get there? What can you talk a little bit about the community? I know where you are, but just talk a little bit about the community you're in and what the process for you to get there and what sort of obstacles or maybe surprises you had along the way? Yeah. So we had, we had pursued a few sites, you know, the barriers to entry are very great in these towns and these municipalities. So we pursued a few sites that didn't work out. And then we came across Haverhill and really liked the market because our business is right on the New Hampshire line, which is great because you know, we receive both cust- both customers from Mass and New Hampshire. You know, the trade area is a, a great one. And we were really excited about the municipality and decided to, we found a, it's kind of interesting what we did here because we knocked down a, a, a diner that had been here for like 30 years and moved the business to the development behind us. And then we built a new facility where our site is now. So it was kind of like a big project. And Janet and I were lucky because we, had a really good team with all of this. We had a good, you know, lobbyist. We had a great real estate consultant. You know, we really relied on the people around us to help us figure out like what the next steps were and, and all of that and kind of guide us in the right direction. Cause we knew that we, you know, couldn't, we needed some help in these areas. You, you really do need a team. You really you need a good team, you know? So we were able to assemble that and kind of allow them to help us move forward in these different areas. So we, I mean, that is a good point. So just like anything, you need to know people around you. I talk about having specialists in cannabis. Yes. Industry has everything the real world has just a little upside down. So if you're going to enter this, you need a good lawyer who understands cannabis. You need an accountant who understands cannabis. You need to understand someone who understands you can't deduct 280. I mean, all this sort of weird, weird things about Massachusetts federal law that, so these are very specialized industries. So you're finding these people and you're building a team, Mm -hmm. which is amazing. Right, right. And we were lucky. I and mean, we have a great attorney, compliance attorney that's helped us very much with the state application and then the local permitting and all of that. And, and you know, that was a, a big help. You know, and I think that that's very important. And was the t- city, so just can you describe the city where you are? It's a small city. So do you want to just describe where you are and how the, because this, this is kind of the minutia of cannabis dispensaries, who what kind of board did you have to go before? What were their impressions of you? How, you know, how, how were you received that sort of part? So one of the, the biggest obstacles for us was traffic. The city really fought us coming in here with the, the, the traffic that runs along Route 125. So we had a lot of challenges because we were on the New Hampshire line. In fact, part of our parking lot is four, four parking spaces that are in New Hampshire. So we had to actually block those, off, those spaces off because technically if a customer parked in that spot, came into our store, bought product, went back to get in their car, they'd be crossing state line technically. So we oh cannot we had a lot of so obstacles. We had a lot of obstacles. And it's we, not legal, right? Adult use is no, not legal no. in New Hampshire. We, go, we our our permitting process was in front of the city council of Haverhill, Massachusetts. So we went in and Janet did most of the speaking, but you know, just presented our plan and we had to present a traffic study you know, and, and, and present our site plan and all of that. And then we had to do a parking and uh, traffic mitigation plan on site because of the fact that we are on the New Hampshire line. Like if you walk out of the back door of our building, you're standing in New Hampshire and it's recreational cannabis is not legal. So if somebody actually purchased product in our store and then drove behind the building, 
they would be breaking the law. So we have this really interesting, fancy traffic route that goes around <laughs> to prevent all of that. So we had to, we had a lot of interesting obstacles to kind of overcome, but again, between the look, you know, the attorney and, you know, our traffic study person and, and just a few other professionals around us, we were able to come up with a few plans that the city accepted and this, the Cannabis Control Commission approved as well. So we were really lucky. And But you and- had a lot of, and then, and again, so let's, we can kind of go back to the financing. So one of the issues about cannabis dispensary setup is that it's capital intensive. Like I have a podcast and it took me six months to get a checking account. So, and I don't even touch anything. So this is a serious issue for all sorts of businesses. And that in addition to the fact that you probably had to hold on to your property for a while, right? Before you understand. We had the property under control for two and a half years, paying rent on it and Mm -hmm. still trying to pursue. And we have a second site in Lowell that we just got a special permit approval in November and our butter appealed us. We're moving forward with the build out, but you know, we've had that site under construct under control for two and a half years too, where we pay rent and you know, just waiting to open. So yeah, the capital is, a, is an issue. The capital it's, is definitely an issue and, and you never have enough of it. And, you know, there's a lot of soft costs that aren't, you know, you don't think about that go along with it, especially, you know, lawyers and CPAs and, you know, all of the, you know, traffic engineers and it just right. goes on and on and on that you're, you're trying to pull all together from every which way. And then you don't know if the site, you don't even know if the site's going to work out. We had, we had a site in Lynn that we started down that path and they loved us. They wanted to, you know, work with us. And then at the last minute we had, there was somebody, one of the neighbors that said, nope, not in my backyard. And, you know, and, and same thing in Kingston, Kingston, you know, when it, when, when the vote back in 2016, and we didn't know this till afterwards that they voted no, but then the city, the, the town slid it through. So we started down there with a, with a building down there, we had a great location, but the, the neighbors, you know, put up a, a huge fuss and, and then the, then the town decided to rezone it again. So then they pushed everyone into like the industrial park. So you never know if you're going to get the, the site or not. And it's until you go in for those meetings in front of the council or for your special permit that, you know, that you're going to get approved or not. So are you, I, just kind of, I guess this kind of comes to my next question. So are you getting pushed back because people on these, cause I talk about this a lot. I'm a, I, I'm a lawyer. I like municipal law. I always thought I, you know, I really do play tennis, wear pearls. I came to cannabis late, but I talk like this and I understand how to talk to people on, you know, on boards and explain things in a way that they can hear. Cause I often think these boards are filled with people who are just not open to even knowing there is an endocannabinoid system or that this is a right. science and not a belief. So how do you talk to them? Do you talk about science when you talk to these boards? Why do you think it's so important for people to understand about the endocannabinoid system and how does that impact, you know, your business? A lot of times it's not the board. Sometimes the city wants you or the town wants you in a lot of these cases. Sometimes it's not them. Sometimes it's the, it's the residents. And in, in that case, I mean, that was the case in right. Kingston. That was the residents. The, city, the town wanted us. They wanted the income. I feel like the municipalities that we went before liked Janet and I because we had an educational background with cannabis. And we right. could talk about it, like, you know, in, in, a, in a way that, that wasn't like how they perceived it, like people just wanting to get high. You know, I think that, you know, that was very welcome. But like Janet said, like, there there was a few municipalities where people were just like very uneducated about cannabis and kind of ignorant to wanting to open up to hear more about it, you know, and just not like 
not available to expand their their way that they were thinking. So, you that's know, why we need these stories I, again. That's exactly. the, the things that seem to change things. So, do you talk about yeah. the and yeah? Oh yeah, we, yeah. I can remember Janet specifically and Lowell like screaming about the endocannabinoid system in a meeting. Going like this, the endocannabinoid system. And I'm like, oh, oh my god, passionate about it. We're not going to get approved here. She's like telling everybody off. <laughs> but yeah, we and we laugh about it all the time because I think you know at that moment I I looked at her and I. And I said to my husband, I said, she's the perfect person for me because like, I feel like I'm so passionate about cannabis and like the endocannabinoid system and I could go on and on. And if I really go on and on, you'd think I was crazy with some of the things I talked about with the energy work and everything else. And I could just tell that Janet feels the same way when, when yeah. she did that. But, you know, but, but, but yeah, I think, you know, some people will really open up to that and then other people will be you know, like this lady's crazy type of thing, you know? So, but I, I think that the towns, the municipalities for the most part, I think are open to cannabis. For one, they see, you know, the benefit of having it in their town, you know, with the revenue and everything like that. So that intrigues them. And then, you know, a lot of the people that were on the board in Haverhill, but one were very, you know, like open to the idea of it and they really they really welcomed all right so the politicians they always say the politicians are following so they're in line now it's just it's the last group of people who don't understand how this works so you're trying to find okay so you scream about the endocannabinoid system that's good to know but (laughs) they're not just they're not they're not just you know goddesses out there screaming they have these beautiful facilities so do you want to talk a little bit about what you're bringing into these communities and how your dispensaries are working specifically with women like me I say women my age and older we know the least we could use it the most these dispensaries even some of my favorites here in Cambridge they're not like engaging I've been in engaging uh, dispensaries in other parts of the country so just can you talk about what full harvest moons looks like and where you are and whatever the experience well, I mean, right now we're still tweaking some of our processes in the store, but our vision for, you know, right. so some we, ideas we've talked we, about. We have like a 4,200 square foot facility, about right. 2,000 square feet is retail space. We have, it's a, when Janet, we just opened six weeks ago. So some of our processes, like when you come in, like how the customer is, you know, our products are held we have a specific room for our products. We're thinking about changing where we keep them, things like that. It's all kind of like behind the. Well, actually, talk about let's talk about what it looks like just when you walk in, because I will say, like, you know, I go to still enough facilities that they're still kind of like a little scary out here in Massachusetts because they still yeah. have the double entrance way and it doesn't feel inviting. So, what does it look like when you come in? And very yeah. inviting. everybody who comes in here, it feels like wow because it's you know it, we have an industrial farmhouse theme, but we have a lot. Of, we were able to build our own building. Oh, I we, love that! It's an yeah. industrial farmhouse theme like yeah, cool yeah. oh yeah how pretty the copper pos bar and you know, lots of plants lots of crystals the fireplace. we have a fireplace <laughs> so we have all win- we have all <laughs> windows with natural light which is nice because a lot of dispensaries feel very dark you have they have to be about six right. feet so they can't be it's know. a very feminine vibe like it's very welcoming you know it, it, everybody who comes in here feels says that they feel like they're coming into like their like their house you know what I mean like and that, good- and that was very important to us because I know for a lot of people it's their first time going into a dispensary and, and it can create a lot of anxiety because number one if the person isn't educated about cannabis they don't know what to ask for they don't know where to look they don't know what to really do so it's a kind of an uncomfortable feeling and we wanted to eliminate that we want people to feel very welcome when they come into our store right and plus we see see cannabis as like a healing tool 
Yes. So, you know, and so, you know, we want to align her, I call her the plants. Her, yes, her. With the space, the energy of the space. So we incorporated like a lot of crystals and a lot of like other healing things that we would consider to be like along the same lines, you know. That's all right. That is so lovely. I can't wait to go and visit. Kind of like a new age type of shop feeling yeah. with like cannabis dispensary, but and how do you so and who is working there how are you being greeted when you come in do you have a pharmaceutical or how do you how do you talk to women or the people coming in about what their needs are and what may be different from you from other dispensaries out there well we really trained our staff to really be like listening to what people are looking for you know some people come through the door and they know like right when you come in you meet the the person in the vestibule to check your id and then you come into the dispensary and you know, we have someone to greet you and we have all of our bud tenders and stuff, but they're all trained to really ask the person, you know, what they want and what they're looking for, you know, and to listen. Some people come in and they, they've already looked at your menu. They know what they want. They want this vape, this oil, da, 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 you know, they just want to get yeah, it out. But we, we, we do, we are really bringing in a lot of people that like are looking for products that they don't really know much about. So we want to be that group that really helps people to, to figure it out. Like, you know, like my, for instance, my neighbors, a group of women came in, they've never been in a dispensary in their entire lives. And they're probably, you know, anywhere from 60 to 70 years old. So, you know, they didn't know what to expect. And, you know, that's the kind of, that's the group, the, the group that we really target, I think, because they feel comfortable coming in. Like there's some dispensaries, I've been in a lot of dispensaries and I know cannabis and there's some dispensaries that I go in and I'm like, Jesus, I feel intimidated in here. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not my, I don't feel welcomed. You know, we don't want that to be the feeling. We want people to really feel like when they come, like they're welcomed and, and not be intimidated. And they can find the help they need. That's a good story. Okay. And just trying to think. So how are you engaging with your community? I know that, so you are recre- adult use, so you're getting products from different parts of the state. How are you finding your, the things you're selling and how are you choosing what you're selecting for your store? We have several wholesalers that we use. We probably have a dozen wholesalers by now, right? Yeah, so, yeah. So just, so we have a very wide variety of product that we're, we're, we're getting, you know, between the flour, all the edibles, all the concentrates, all the topicals. So we try to offer a very wide variety of products and yeah we've we've established really good relationships with all of our wholesalers and there's always new products coming along and and, and coming to market and you know the seltzer is a big one right now we just got the beverages yep yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we just, we, we have a really great inventory uh, manager as well and a general manager and they've worked with us since early on and we were just establishing these, these relationships with these wholesalers and, and we just try to stay on top of it. All of us finding what's out there and what's good and also align with a lot of other female led groups and grow right. trying to expand that connection yeah. you know we're, we're really working on that yeah like every day so and not smaller shops too we're trying to smaller grows and trying to yep. get like the you know small batch or whatever we're working on that but as far as the community goes we're working with two local organizations right in Haverhill that we one's a, a, a women-owned homeless shelter and the other one is a elderly like living service yeah so we provide a program for the elderly living service to help the, their community learn how to use like their tablets and their iPhones. And it's like a tech cafe, we call it. Wow. So, so to just kind of help troubleshoot with any of those issues. And then we do a lot of the, the community service that we've done with the homeless shelters been difficult because of COVID. So we've been cooking meals and then just dropping them off like once a week or you know, as much as they need them. But okay. want- anyone who's skeptical of the cannabis industry, I just want to listen. I hope you've been listening to my two lady friends here who not only are building this businesses and this 
incredibly complicated business world where they have all sorts of financial issues and can't get banking. In addition to the fact that they're not only like building this business that's for women, they're giving back something totally outside of their belly and doing other things for other people in their community to bring you in. So please support them. My God, no other businesses function this way, right? Who else? Amazing. That is amazing. All right. So how are you being received now in your neighborhood? Who Now that you're there, what's happening? I think yeah. people like that. Yeah, the, 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 yeah. Well, the, the city seems to happy with us. We, we've, we have a good relationship with the police team and we've, you know, talked to them over a few matters and they seem like everything's fine. You know, we haven't had any complaints from any neighbors or anything like that. You know, traffic issues, anyone going over the no. state lines and no, no, no. havoc. Yeah, we have extensive directions inside the house of how to get it in and out of here. <laughs> it is all over the place. So we had a police detail when we first opened for like two weeks and it really wasn't even necessary. I mean, yeah. the guy didn't even have to really get out of his car. So we decided to let that go. You know, as that, that, well, because I was out here because the first the first one to open in Massachusetts. In Leicester. Yeah. That yeah, was so, that, there, yeah. So that being said, when that opened, that had a huge impact. Right. You know? all of the municipalities when we were going through the process. And in fact, they wanted us to do a shuttle in the beginning, but we, we did away with that. They, you know, as far as that opened, they started to see that it wasn't this issue. But because when that, when that one opened in Leicester, it was, it was a nightmare for any, any operator that was going before the, the, the city councils and town councils. Because I, I will say I was there. I, I was covering that event. I worked for a little media company at the time and it was like, it was a snowy kind of rainy day. It was a weird day. And it was like the walking dead. There were people coming from everywhere towards the dispensary. And I, I just never, and the thing is we drove into the town. It's a little town. Yeah. Yeah. And we counted all the liquor stores on the way to the dispensary, some insane number. And then there in the middle of nowhere are just people coming into this site. It was wild. Well, I know. Well, that's the for, that's the formula they, that they use, you know, with the liquor stores, right? That's how they come up with the 20% of the liquor stores. That's how many licenses they'll give for the city. But yeah, that was Thanksgiving Day weekend. So you got to think this, this, it was the only place this side of the Mississippi that had legal cannabis. So there was people coming from Connecticut, New York, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and the lines were just insane. So, you know, that translated to everyone else when all these other operators were trying to go through the process and, you know, everyone had this image in their head of these long lines, people urinating outside and it was, you know. <laughs> Typical <but>, stoners. <laughs> right. So I think that, that a lot, we heard a lot about that, like type of stuff at the meetings, like from the residents, like, I don't want this to be, da, da. but where we are in Hero, we're, we're pretty much in a commercial zone. We're, we're in a mixed like lot with a chipotle a five guys there's two restaurants behind us so and a roma joe's coffee drive-thru so oh. there's no one really near us that's like you know a neighbor other than like a business so we only will attract more business for our neighbors absolutely so you know it's more in the residential areas where right. like, you get the most push push back, you know and that was that, like, that, it, i can it, see that i mean I, I said that so i just had a question so i know for the medical dispensaries out here they had no signage like and you had to find the entrance way and flash your id that's still how it is with you guys or is it a little no we have signs um we have a pylon sign in like okay a, you're good when you go in like a you know like there's a walmart and then there's just like you know whatever we're in one of those like a group sign Wait, and then sign. we have a 
Yep, and then we have a, another a pylon, sign. a pylon sign, and then we have like a sign on the building. So we okay, were... they know that you're there. It's the weirdest industry. Okay, but you cannot stay in it unless you're passionate like these ladies. I'm gonna be back in a minute with our guest, but I want to talk about today's show sponsor, Red Belly Honey. So Red Belly Honey, as you may know, I'm a tea drinker. And at the end of the day, I like to curl up on the couch with a warm herbal tea sweetened with honey to take the edge off. It just helps me sleep better. And as all moms know, a good night's sleep helps us be our best mom self. But this honey is a bit different from anything I've ever tried before. Red belly honey. This is a hemp honey that contains the best benefits of CBD. But this honey is very, very different from anything you've tried before. That's because... The bees infuse the honey with CBD. Yep, that's what I said. The bees do all the work. This isn't lab created or manufactured. These bees drink nectar from wildflowers and plants and well as a patented hemp nectar blend to make their honey. The result is a CBD rich honey that's more efficient and works faster because it's water soluble and has higher bioavailability. And I don't just stir it into my tea. I drizzle it on my morning toast, I mix it into my yogurt, and sometimes I shake it in my favorite cocktail. And my husband, he says it's delicious right off the spoon. And if you need more persuasion, Food and Wine Magazine calls it best pick of 2020 and worth the hype. Where can you find this magical honey? This honey can be found at redbellyhoney.com. And when you're ready to try this magical honey, go to redbelly.com honey.com where your first jar will be $20 off. Just add your email and you'll get that discount code for your very first purchase. You are going to love it. Red belly honey. Back to our guests. You guys have kids, family, people who know you're doing this? Yeah. Yes. All right. And are you both from New England? You said you were in Rhode Island before you were in. Um, yeah, uh, I live in, I live in uh, Weymouth right now. You're in Weymouth. Okay. And Michelle, you were in Rhode Island. I mean, you were in New Hampshire. Is that where you grew up or is you? No, no. I live in Manchester by the sea. I grew oh, up so... in Andover, Mass. Oh, 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 so you're New Englanders. Okay. So let's, yeah. let's actually talk about New England cannabis just because I don't talk about it that often. A lot of my guests are from California, Colorado, Canada. I just, different parts of the country, different parts states are doing this differently. And Massachusetts is you know, pretty specific and New England is too. So I don't know, have you seen, you've been in the industry for a while. What do you think is very, you know, I think we're going to be the next booming industry, you know, New York just came on New Jersey, but what do you think is so specific about where we are and make, what's, what makes New England cannabis different or unique? The toughest laws. Oh yeah. <laughs> the regulations. I, know. I can't think of anything but that. Well, there you go. And we're still doing it. It's like if you can learn how to ski in New England and then you go to Colorado, you're great. That, well, that, that, that's great. Cannabis here, you can survive anywhere. That's very New England. That's truly New England. That's like we're Puritans. That's why I so stuck the past here. I'm like, really? If you can so funny all right so we make it really hard so if you can make it here you can make it anywhere that's a good it motto so, yeah. Any, anything else positive <laughs> yeah yeah uh, well I, I think that you know with the high you know with the regulations the way they are it's a really big learning experience like you know we, we've janet and i have definitely learned a lot throughout this whole process and mm-hmm. you know you're also dealing with you know other corporations that are are run very well you know with these grow facilities and everything else the way that they're growing the cannabis and the laws and and regulations surrounding that are are, are, you know well in place and you know I I think that's a positive thing because you know you you know 
you want to make sure that you're getting great products and, you know, there's no confusion with any of that. You know, some of the other states are a little lax. There's, Especially if we're going to, if we're calling this health and wellness and we want medicinal level accuracy in terms of our dosing, that's always the biggest issue right. when we talk right. about this, that we need to have, I know labs are a huge issue all across the country. Right. You know, we're very small Massachusetts. If we could get it right, we could be a model. Or if we get it wrong, we can prove people not, not to do, but I don't think we're the worst state. There's other states that are worse. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, Massachusetts. No, I think we're trying, you know, we're trying to do the social equity thing. We are very, you know, we're very local. I mean, this is so town specific and the laws requiring you to hold on to property for such an extensive period of time. And then the issue of the 3% and whatever else communities are asking you to do. And, you know, we want to be good neighbors. Do you see any hope in like maybe forming like New England coalitions, like, you know, up through Maine and is that any, is that talk? Like once we all, once it's legal federal or no? Once we go federal? Once we go federal? If, I think so. If. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think yeah. so. I think you'll see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. All right. I, I'm not in the, I mean, I do talk about pot politics and religion. This has so many angles. You know, we're talking about building a small business, encouraging women to use this for health and wellness, making sure it's a product that's safe. And then, you know, education, you talk, you know, educating women and educating the community. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is all speculation right now. All we can do is deal with what's in front of us at the moment and, 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 and work with what we have. And, and like you said, you know, we want to be careful who we, we purchase product from. All the wholesalers we've partnered with have been great so far. And, you know, we want to continue on that path and, you know, continue to make sure we get the best product that we can. And what's popular? What are, what are people coming in looking for? Are you, anything surprised you? Were you kind of clear what you thought people would want? Flour is always the most popular and it's, you know, you want to make sure you have a good supplier of that because it's, it's almost like in demand in the state, you know, it's hard to get. And um, so flour is, is I'd say 70%, 60 to 70% of our sales and edibles are popular tinctures. I mean, we have everything. And do you have patches? What transdermal? Yeah. Uh, No, because we're not really a medical facility. So okay. A lot of medical facilities carry patches and they're great, but it's not really a product that a recreational buyer would really. That's yeah. good. Well, because uh, I interviewed. And, I, and you pay a lot more tax at a rec- an adult use facility. So if you're using people that would use a transdermal patch, most likely would have a medical card and go to a facility where they would get the tax break as well. That's, that's true. That's a good point. Because I have a friend out in California making a vaginal suppository, which yeah. has THC in it. So I can't get it out here. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. haven't have anyone else making one. So there's, um, there, there's a all sorts of groups in the state that are medical that make suppositories. Yeah. So anyway, these are funny yeah. products that are out there. And it just, I think, I mean, I just think it's all personal use. I don't like the distinction, but that's my. And the and is you're making the lube. The lube. Yeah. And like Sarah, Sarah, Sarah makes the lube. Sanctuary makes the lube. Yeah. The bedroom cannabis from Sarah and the sanctuary is making the lube. Yeah. Bedroom yeah. cannabis is a personal um, economic empowerment applicant that, um, Sierra is aligned with now. Oh, nice. Yeah. All right. Oh, we're coming up on our time. All right. So we didn't really get to your kids and family. Everyone in your family good with you doing this? Anyone have issues? Yeah, no, no they're all for it. <laughs> My kids are great. My, yeah, everybody's everybody's on board and, you know, know that we've worked really hard. So they're very proud. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. The can of moms. All right. Yeah. Changing the generations. I mean, I've been talking, the show I'm showing out this week, you know, we talked about their three Canadian women and their kids are like 10 13 and 16 yeah. you know they're like third generation cannabis kids and if they hear anyone talk about it 
negatively. They say, well, you really shouldn't be taking pills. Cannabis is a plant. You need to learn how to use it for wellness. And they can talk about it in a really interesting way that I never could have when I was that age because they've just, they've normalized it in their family. So that's what you need to do. You know, I started talking to my kids early on back in 2014. So they weren't, they were still, you know, teenagers at that point. Boys anyway, were still teenagers at that point. But you know, that's what I found. I was, I was always very open and honest with them. And I always spoke to them about cannabis from a medical standpoint. And, you know, because I was working in a medical facility at the time, the dispensary, and did a lot of um, presentations at some of the local hospitals and physicians, because it's not taught. It's only taught in like 13% of the, the medical schools across the country. So they don't know about the endocannabinoid system. So, you know, when I first went down there, I was knocking on their doors to, to try to go in and see them. And they didn't want anything to do with us. After a year or so went by, they were calling us saying, can you please send somebody over to come nice. to us because we have so many patients asking about it and we don't know anything about it. That's and, beautiful. you know, typically somebody will always say, I have to talk to my physician, but if the physician doesn't know anything about it, right, you know, which is often the case. Yes, so. it's, uh, this is the conundrum of cannabis. So, you know, we talk about health and wellness. If you're doctor doesn't even believe there is an endocannabinoid you're not going to get a lot of support right. if they're not taught it I, I am talking to more nurses more people like my friend sherry and her friend mark the nurse the green nurse group who are going out and talking and advocating and trying to get this into curriculum you know it's a while doing our little micro leadership that's what i call it all doing our little bit to make sure that we can change the narrative around this yeah. all right uh, ladies are almost up on time what are you looking forward to into 21 22 what do you think is going to be great so we're opening another site. So yeah, so we're looking forward to getting through yeah, that process. We'll be, we'll um, be starting it soon and, and going through the same, I guess, the same process and, that we and, went and here. So we're looking forward to that. And, and life in general, just I think for the world, kind of resort to some normalcy again and get back to like our yeah. normal way of living a bit, you know. And socializing and, you know, encouraging our friends and finding women who want to learn, who are kind of curious and need this product and want to go to a beautiful place to buy it because they can. Yeah, right. can. Bye. We'd love to see you. Yes. <laughs> All right. So before you wind up, what's the best way to reach you? Where exactly is your dispensary? How do you, if you want to go, do you have to make an appointment? Can you just show up? Nope, How does it work these days? Just walk in. We have a website uh, with all of our information on it. Our, our address is 101 Plastow Road in Haverhill, Mass. The website is www.fullharvestmoons.com. It, all the information is on there. And when are you hours? How, when are you open? Monday through Saturday, 9 to 9, and on Sunday, 12 to 9. Joyce, so Joyce pardon, oh, yes? pardon me, Joyce, doesn't that location sound familiar to you? Near oh, s- is that near Hampstead, New Hampshire? Plastow's the next town over from Hampstead, yeah. where Joyce Hampstead and I right here. Joyce and I went to summer camp in lovely Hampstead. We have the Jewish cannabis connection. We went to Camp Tel Noah together. That's oh, how you we... did? Oh, wow. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Oh, my, I didn't even make the connection. But yeah, Hampstead is right here, so we're... Right next to where he used to be. Yeah. So my ki- my kids went there. It's like a whole, it's a family. That's how I know Dave. That's so funny. Oh my God. I didn't even make this. I could have talked about that too. The yeah. ki- I call it my JCC, my Jewish cannabis connection. Yeah. All right, ladies, this is so fun. Well, I am definitely going to have to stop by. I know exactly where you are. I've been there a thousand times since the time I was 10. Oh, well, right. we look forward to having you and anybody else who wants to come down. So anytime. Yeah, All right. Thanks for pointing that out, Dave. Exit 51B off of 495, right? That's yes. right. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, my God. That is the funniest thing. All right. I did not know that. So thank you for my lady friends. We're going to be seeing each other soon. Michelle and Janet of Full Harvest Moons in Haverhill, Mass, right next to New Hampshire, where Dave and I, I'm sure everybody cares, used to go to overnight camp. <laughs> camp, tell Noah. We're going to give you a shout well, out on the Canon Mom Show. Yeah. We'll do an educational piece over there. <laughs> Are you listening? Are you listening, Camp Tell Noah? I can get yeah. these ladies to come do it. All right. Um, maybe you could start growing hemp on the campus. Yes, yes, yes. I love that. For my Canna Bro, David, yes, thanks for pointing that out. That's a whole little twist yeah. on this Canna Mom Show. Catherine and Hayden and Beth are the Canna Mom Show social media team. Another great job this week. I want to thank Josh Lampkin and Bella Jaffe for writing and performing the Canna Mom theme music. And most importantly, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the Canna Mom Show, where we are talking about caring for and giving voice to women in the emerging cannabis industry one can of story at a time. Please follow the Canna Mom Show on social media and subscribe anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast. I'm Joyce Gerber. This is the Canna Mom Show, and we are a production of Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey there, my name is Leah Babrudi, and I'm the founder and host of Cannachicks Podcast, where I discuss cannabis, psychedelics, and other natural medicines. I not only interview people who use them as treatment for different conditions, but also the entrepreneurs who share their knowledge on how they built their businesses. If this sounds interesting to you, give my show a listen. I'm sure you'll learn something that'll surprise you.